need to travel again. That looks like so much fun. Your daughter, your eldest daughter's gotten big. Last time I saw her, she looked, she looks like she's 15 right now. I know, that's why I got a. It's crazy. Yeah, because last time I saw her, I was like, oh, you saying? I was like, oh, she still looks 11. No, she's she's getting eyes, she's getting curves and all that stuff, man. It's, uh, it's troubling. It's a little troubling, man. How's she handling that? Because that could be hard on a girl. She's oblivious to it completely. She's still a child in her head. Thank goodness. Uh, in a way, it's good. But in a way, it's like, oh, man, I really wish she would just like, you know, like she's running and things are bouncing and stuff. And it's like, dude, can you stop? Because, <laughs> you know, older dudes my age are like following. Her. It's like, you know, yeah, it's not cool, man. It's not cool. No, but she's uh, she's still completely 11. Like okay, completely. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a little difficult. It's a little difficult, man. All right. Well, anyway, um, you know, my nineteen-year-old built like my mom. She's slender, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but she's Isn't real pretty funny? with the curly hair, with mean self. Boys, with a mean manners. self. She's mean. What do you mean mean? She's a mean, pretty girl. She's oh, hot blood. Like Camila's mean like that. She's. No, my daughter's. You don't. You don't know. She Camila's mean as hell. I don't know why some whip, some women are like mean. She's more like Yazzy mean. I think Yasmin's not mean. Yasmin's friendly. Amari's friendly, but she will like. Pow. No, I'm telling you, that's Camila, bro. I'm telling really? you, Camila's mean as hell. But she's she's friendly at first. But you know what it is? Um, when she she's in what is she in? She's in the third grade. Uh, she had um, like her. Uh, are we recording right now? Oh, we are recording. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh shoot! I'm not even on the mic and yeah, stuff. Yeah. That is uh, garbage. Casual talking, man. Um, I was like, literally no, four feet from the mic. She in her little Islamic school that she went to. She she was part of the cool clique for the second and third grade. Who Camila? Camila, and so she had like her cool clique of little girlfriends that she used to hang out with. Oh shoot! And uh, I think it boosted her ego because <laughs> <laughs> they were like the cool, the cool, cute girls in the class, and like you know. Mm. All the, uh, you know, all the, all the boys, you know, you know how it is when you're there, they don't like you, but they, or they do like you, but they, they show that by wanting to like cap on you and, you know, make fun of you. And then, so her and her sassy friends were like the girls who just didn't take that crap. It was very, it was very funny. Mm. Um, but yeah, man. So, um, she's, uh, she's definitely like a mean girl now. She's, she's out of the, out of the three of them, the three oldest, she's like the mean one. Yasmin's like the fun loving, uh sitcom child who says cute things and funny things out of the blue and, that's uh, my mina right there mina's mina will if she's telling you a joke or about to do a joke on you she's already laughing you already know it's <laughs> she's dying to laugh wait how old is she she's 10 she just turned 10 yesterday that sounds just like yasmin yeah she's, she's laughing before she's she finishes dying yeah she's on the floor you're like what she's like <laughs> She's just, She'll like be laughing, coming to tell me the joke. Yeah, I, I didn't exactly. Hear it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's yeah, in her mind. Exactly. The punchline's hilarious. You just got to get there. Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Not Dumb Podcast. This is episode number twenty two zero. Man, making moves, son. I know we're putting out content. Man. Making moves, putting out content. I apologize for the uh, sound quality. We are having a. Apparently, we're having a friggin' dog convention downstairs. It, uh, it's just coming all the way up the stairs and people are just happy with all their dogs yipping around. Uh, I don't care for that. I'm just going to be clear. I don't care for that at all. But hey, what are you going to do? Yeah, it's not like we can close the door. We don't have a, we don't have a studio yet. We're going to get one soon. 
Um, I kind of like the fact that you don't have a studio. You get that raw feeling. I like the space. But when you hear the quality of a studio, like some of these other podcasts where they have studios, you'd be like, yeah, we need to get a studio, bro. Mm. So, but anyway, we got good mics. We got good equipment. Uh, we just need to get some space. That uh, The thing is, this space is very plush. I, I do like this. I like this room that we do it in. We got our nice TV playing CNN here. Oh, look, we could switch it over to ESPN if you wanted or Bloomberg. I'm uh, a Bloomberg guy. Uh, I don't watch TV, but it's interesting to have on here because you see all the commercials that come on, and like I, so I don't watch TV. Like all my all the things that go into my eyes from a screen are from uh, internet based media, so like Netflix or YouTube or something. I've like switched that. over to that because your sister is like uh, she wants to minimize the amount of screens our daughter watches. Yeah, I was like, so I'm I'm on like TV withdrawal right now. Really. Like, Two, I'm taking a break because I just I've had too much garbage. It's just yeah. so much noise. I like Bloomberg because it has that more of an international like um, slant to it. Is that is that the is that did I hear correctly? That's the mayor or the former mayor of New York's network or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's that balling. Um, you know the ticker tape that everyone around the world used to yeah. get their stock quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He invented that. Okay, so he's that balling. Yeah, okay. he's balling. He made. <laughs> He Short made, answer, yes. Yes, yes. yes. He made billions. Okay, so that's... He's a uh, legit billionaire, not like a, I pretend to be a billionaire or I got to yeah. manipulate. He's like a billionaire and like chilling. Damn, son. Let me go run to be mayor. I'm that rich and fund it myself. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess he gets it. But no, it's it's very interesting to see all these commercials that, you know, like for medication and, you know, Coca-Cola and all this stuff. Because I'm, it's just, I'm not used to seeing it. So when I see it again, it's like, wow, I remember all these commercials and they... They haven't really changed that no. much. It's still like the same kind of like, you know, medication commercials with all the fast talking at the end. <laughs> may cause needle bleeding. <laughs> may kill you. Make your penis fall off. <laughs> like, like they, they always, they still do the same stuff. It's, it's funny though. So we're going to have a, hopefully we're going to have a, a special call-in guest and we're going to test out our, um, our new call-in technology. On the, on the it, it's, it's much better than when uh, my daughter called in. Oh, much better! It's piped right into the uh, what is this thing? A mixer? Yeah, yeah. Piped right, right into, into the, the soundboard mixer, and um, hopefully it sounds um, wonderful to your ears, and uh, hopefully it'll be informative. Uh, her name is Ayana Rob Roberts or Robert Robert. Robert. Yeah, she's French. Okay, uh, I've been saying Robert all this time. Um, I mean, because it, it, it looks reads, like Robert. It reads Robert, but yeah. she's from Louisiana. Robert. So. Ayana Robert. Yeah. Um, and she is, uh, she has her own publishing company. And um, we're going to talk to her about her publishing. And um, maybe we'll talk about some of her successes and failures in business. Shaman and I may uh, may jump in um, at any time and offer our own because we also have, uh, yeah, quite a bit of failures and successes in business. Um, some fail quickly and learn quickly. Failures, I like to say, failures are the bricks of your success building. Um, I, there's probably a better way to say that, but I've said that for uh, myself for a while. And you know what? You can put that on like LinkedIn and someone would be like, you get like 2000 likes. I'm like, yay. I'm going to do that. I'm going to put that on LinkedIn, but I, you I need really, a little bit of artwork. Just throw a little artwork. Yeah. Like artwork put like with, a little you know, tree and some sunshine coming through the, through the leaves or, or something. Yeah. With, with an actual like bricks being laid, like putting up a foundation. That vision. would probably make more sense with actual bricks. But you could do, <laughs> but you could do the tree too. Cause then yeah. the trees, the learning, you make it a grooming roof or something. Exactly. Know? That's what I'll do. I'm going to do that because I've said that to myself for a long time. I've had a lot, a lot of failures. 
And, what? Um, you don't like being kicked in the balls? I mean, uh, it makes you tough, man. Gives you tough you... balls, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, my uh, balls is tough, son. Uh, no, but they uh, no failures uh, definitely help you. You just got to learn to learn from them. That's all, and don't uh, don't let them um, keep you down. I mean, I think the, I think the dogs are finishing up, man. Yeah, they're getting tired. They've been they've been delaying our podcast. Uh, maybe I'll start over. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the twentieth episode of the Not Dumb Podcast. TNDP squad representing mm. we are here uh, can't wait for our first phone in guest also the first female guest Ayana Robert I almost said Robert because it sounds it looks like Robert on paper but it's not it's Robert why she come on and call herself Ayana Roberts and we all look ridiculous yeah I know right <laughs> um, like oh we're trying to be uh, yeah anyway so yeah she'll be calling in any minute now I went. I went to the gym today. Today was uh, really toddler day. Toddler at the pool. Um, my wife signed up for that, so I was in the pool with the the baby splash splashing. He, there's nothing like a, a child's first day in like a. They don't slightly, like it. They didn't. You know, she did not like it. <laughs> no, but she, like it. she, but she got pretty chill with it. Like, okay, yeah. I'm chilling with you, daddy. Oh, you want to let me go? Oh no, daddy, not let me go. No. It's not happening. They hold on for dear life. Like, <laughs> where did you get all the strength from? <laughs> like they're on your neck. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's funny. She was clinging on, but she, she swam on top of me. So um, then I swam some laps, and then I uh, went in. Nice. Uh, did some squats and so forth. And nice, did, nice. Um, trying to get it. I got to get it back slowly because my body is wrecked from being in the Navy. So it takes me a long You've really long been beat time. up, man. Yeah, I have a lot of broken bones and arthritis and damaged stuff. So, But if I and, don't and exercise, it gets worse. But it takes me about a. It's not war injuries, right? It's just from being in the Army. Or oh, no, some the of military. them are, well, like from when I was deployed, yeah. Like, what kind of injuries do you have, like, from well, you're enemies? In, when you're in the Navy? Yeah. I mean, being in the being on an aircraft carrier, it's like living on a floating tank. You're oh, like yeah. living in a gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I live on a gun. I okay. live in a gun, yeah. essentially. So Everything's you, harsh. Everything is harsh. Yeah. So you, you can slip and fall, and it's steel. And it's not like, oh, I, I've hit steel before. Oh, no, no, you know, you hit steel, like, support. You know, you might hit a beam. It's four inch steel. Damn, it's son. no give. It just cracks. Wow. <laughs> it breaks. Wow. Or you get harder. Um, That's ridiculous, man. I can't. I can't do that. But so you, you're basically healing from a lot of stuff right now. Still. And it, how, how, many, million, how many years ago was that? I've been out of active duty since what, twelve years ago now. So you've been healing for twelve years. No, I, I manage it. You ain't healing nothing. Oh, wow. <laughs> it is what it is. Is it still actively painful? Yeah, I, I hurt every day. Jeez, I man. wake up to pain. Wow. Like, hey, good morning. But, you know, I get uh, got the nice mattress that is adjustable and all that stuff to, to minimize it. Is that the one you can't? <laughs> My just fold you in half. Yeah, she got me like a taco. <laughs> and I want to be flat. But, oh, uh, man. That's messed um, up, bro. No, you know, I do. I got chronic pain and I uh, do acupuncture, stretching, the exercise. It's mm-hmm. about, at this point in time, it's about maintenance. To in between flares so I can get as strong as possible that when I get a flare I'm okay. not completely debilitated mm-hmm. or if I am debilitated I can recover yeah yeah you know so like my rehab takes like a year, 18 months oh, you, man, you know dude, I'm working all much, kinds bro. of stuff that's too much yeah so different things flare up well I know for me like my my comeback is not going to be as uh, as tremendously uh, um, t- 
tedious as yours is for me. You I just your gotta, on um, address back injury that you've been bullshitting on. Well, yeah, that's gonna be. Uh, I know because that happens when I get fit. Fit my back gets tighter because from just the muscles and stuff, it, everything tightens up. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know there's gonna be pain because that when I was in my fittest state, uh, that's when I was like. Uh, involuntarily barfing from back pain. <laughs> so I know that's on the agenda. I think maybe because my back muscles are looser now because they're just not fit. Um, I haven't, I still That sounds get, like a alignment issue, man. You, I think you really it is. should get that checked before I really you start working out. You should get that checked out. I think you should go, like, say, Dad, um, I'm pretty sure it holds my back up. Send me to refer me to someone. I, I, just I, get this looked at. I would like to do that. I think I'm going to do that sooner rather than later because I've let that go on for too long. I probably have a, a misalignment that's been going on for 20 plus years. Yeah. Um, from the and it's you know what it stemmed from is from when I was my mom bought me uh, one of those old plastic and cement weight sets. From oh, like the 80s. Those things are horrible. Yeah. So I used to use those in, the, in my mom's and basement. Wait, shifts where you actually do yeah. the exercise? Yeah. Like the weights are like crumbling inside of the plastic and they're like. I, I had a couple of those. And then my parents bought me like the, the, the what was that? The Weimer, Weiner. Weeder. Weiner. Weiner. The, those original. Weeders. The, Mr. Olympia. Weeder. Yeah. Joe Weeder. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I, I had it for years. All Weider. my friends would come over and work out my. My, in our sunroom, oh. and uh, anyway, yeah, good times, man. No, but I can't wait to um, get back. I'm gonna start with just cardio for a while, for like maybe two weeks. Get, oh yeah, 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 get my heart up because I don't want to get on a uh, start blasting out some weights and you know barf on myself or something. I do calisthenics for, which I did earlier this year for mm, like uh, six weeks. Mm. You know, because I feel like if I can't do basic push-ups and pull-ups and stuff i don't really do anything beyond that until i get that and I work on my balance yeah yeah yeah. because that's what goes first in balancing coordination because if you're i hate watching people in the gym that they're just like bending over they're arching and they're just throwing the weight you're yeah. like you're not working out you're just gonna hurt yourself nothing. i don't you're know what you yourself. drop the weight do it properly take your time breathe I got. I got to take. I'm. You know what I'm gonna do. I'm dead serious. In the next two or three weeks, I got to take a vacation. Like I'm doing too much, man. I'm working. Like I was counting all the things I'm doing. Like this podcast is actually work. Like yes. there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. And um, so if you count that and you count all the the stuff I'm doing with my businesses and or with my business, and uh, like my wife used to help me with a lot of stuff, but she can't anymore because we have you know 300 children. Um, the it's, number keeps going up. It keeps going up. Um, it's just so basically, long almost everything falls on me. I need to get like an assistant, but damn it, man, I'm I'm taking some time off. I gotta I gotta I gotta I gotta go up to Canada or something and like just sleep, just sleep and pray and eat. Oh, she's calling me. Hi, Yana. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. She sounds pretty far away. Hold on, let me turn up your volume there. Turn up your volume on your headset, like on mm. your, uh, your, head, your volume buttons. Hi, Ayana. How are you? Nice to meet you. I'm good. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. My name is Iman, and I am Shaman's co-host on the Not Dumb podcast. Um, and welcome to our show. You are actually our first, not only our first caller, but the first female. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, we've been uh, a sausage party for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, welcome. We welcome you. And we uh, I don't know if you've listened to our podcast before, but we talk about uh, a lot of business and 
politics and then also uh, quite a bit of nonsense as well. Um, I hope you're down with that. Well, let's see. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, all right, so Ayana is... Oh, I'm sorry. Why don't you introduce Ayana? So, uh, Ayana, I'm going to say your name in a Frenchy way because I just love it that way. Uh, so, Ayana Robert mm-hmm. is... Um, a friend and colleague, we went to uh, Tulane Business School together. Um, she's been a business owner. She can tell you how many years she's been doing it for quite some while. She owns a publishing company, consulting company. Um, she's worked with for-profits, non-profits, foundations, um, startup businesses. And she's normally trekking somewhere between Texas and California, or she might be in vacation somewhere around the world. Uh, <laughs> um, That's the kind of life I want to live right now. Yeah. That's nice. Really good person. Uh, I've had the privilege of knowing her since 2010. Um, You know, and I think we've all, she's learned a lot. She's been very successful. She's had her failures. She's learned from them and brought them back, um, adapted to multiple markets. And what she's doing now, I'm really excited to share with our listeners. And, um, And also what kind of opportunities we can have. So, Nice, Hopefully nice. you can hear pretty well here, Ayana. Um, now you, you, you can hear both of us uh, are well. Yeah, I can. I hear some feedback. I don't know if it's on my end or you, not. You mean feedback? Do you are you saying like that whistling sound or like an echo? Actually, like a little static. Oh, a little static. Hmm. All right. I don't know what that is, but it sounds clear on our end. So I apologize. We'll try to work it out. But um, if it gets too unbearable, uh, just please let me know. No, you're good. Okay. Awesome. Can you hear me? Yes, yeah. ma'am. You are yeah. clear. Yeah, you're going into a mixing board, so we get to clear it up. So you guys were. Um, so you guys went to business school mm-hmm. together. Yes, we did. Uh, A. V. Freeman School of Business, Tulane University. And did you guys? Do you have the same? Um, is it? Is it, there's a, there's more than one type of NBA, right? Yes. So do you guys have the yes. same type of MBA? Or? Yeah, we had the same concentration. Got it. Okay. Yes. Nice, nice. And so what's, so tell us a little bit about your um, your business now. I know you have a publishing company. Yeah. Um, I've had Gerard Publishing since 2006. I'm sorry. What's the name and again? Gerard Publishing. Okay. And under Gerard Publishing, uh, we publish music and literature and we're rolling out uh, Global Nation magazine which is what Shaman was talking about um, I came up with the concept of Global Nation back in 2011 when we came back from China and um, this year is the year I've been working hard behind the scenes just to get it out and what Global Nation is it's an online and quarterly print publication that delivers literary travel art and self-improvement information to the international reader. So I'm really excited. Um, it's scary, hmm. but um, I'm confident about um, the messages that it's going to deliver. When you, when you say scary, what do you mean it's uh, scary? Is it just the amount you invested or just the marketplace? or? Well, anything that um, involves any type of publicity or, or PR can be scary. I'm, I'm kind of introverted, so... I'm used to staying behind the scenes. Mm. And so this will be one of those projects where I actually have to come out from hiding. And so um, that's the scary part. I have to introduce myself, yeah. introduce the message, connect with a lot of people on a global stage, and I can uh, no longer stay hidden. I hear you. I wouldn't call you hidden. You've always been um, 
the the power broker in the room. So she's in the room on the strategy side, the planning, thinking about <laughs> it. And then she lets a person go out there and talk and make a look, help them look like they know what they're doing. That's right? called being the bouse. <laughs> <laughs> but it's bouse. usually not me speaking. So <laughs> I'm the same way. I like to be behind the scenes. Send them out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I don't I don't like to be in front of the crowd. I can if I need to be, but I'd rather be behind yeah. the scenes. Um, yeah, so you get me. Yeah, yeah. You said you came back from China and you you put this together. What was the, may I ask? What you were doing in China is that well was that like other business or just a vacay? Yeah, well, basically we were in China studying. That was part of our executive MBA program. Okay. And, and most of us turned it into time, a trip. Nice. Did I say that again? Oh, you were there too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah we were yeah, both there. I was there. Um, our entire class was there, and so. Um, Man. Part of the publishing company is we also publish art, and so after capturing, you know, the different experiences and actually writing about it and looking at it, I was like, you know what, I can take this to the world. And so I started to um, piece together like the logo and the layout and all of that, and just basically have been sitting on it, waiting for the right moment so to tell, bring it to market. So tell me about publishing. So it's not like. Um well, no, I'll save that for another time. But tell me, so where's where's the money in publishing and what kind of challenges are you facing now? And is that I know everyone's like everyone who's in any kind of retail has some kind of uh, horror story about Amazon. Is Amazon having an effect on you? <laughs> Not on me, because the, the money in publishing is what a money in every um, industry is for me. And that's in consulting. Mm. And so I work with a lot of self-publishing um, authors. And I've been developing a niche called legacy publishing. Okay. And so rather than um, work around making them number one on Amazon or, or number one on the chart, I'm working with individuals who have traveled, experienced life, and they want to leave a legacy for their family. And so I'm basically working in a capacity for their projects as a consultant. Oh, now wow. I have my own projects that I'm publishing. So, so I don't know. That, mm-hmm. Would you would legacy publishing would that be like memoirs and um, yes? Oh okay. Yes. Oh my. And so um, I found most of my consultant clients want to write a book. Hmm. Okay, and um, if it's not academia, it's hey, I went to Africa, I had this experience, it was life changing, and I want my grandchildren to know about it. And so. Um, I want to say back in 2000 and maybe around 2012-ish is when I had my first legacy publishing client. And then I realized there was a market for that because it takes the pressure out of letting my books become number one. If it happens, it happens. But it's more or less about leaving a memoir for family or um, just introducing it to friends. It's about that individual taking their story and putting it in a book. So it's and not sharing so- it. Okay, so it's not uh, like let's say sales based. You're so the person that's coming to you is the, is the person that's paying you. Is that how that works? Or exactly. Got it. Yes. Okay, so it's not yes. necessarily. So okay, so I see where your where your where your niche is. So and and that that would also make a lot more sense in this day and age where everything's digital. Um, I would yeah. assume that it's very hard to protect copyright copyrights on digital stories essentially di- digital print i don't know if it's digital printing no, is that a, a thing there's a way to protect it uh, dcma 
I mean, but is that but how effective is it? You know, like mm. when you have small well, it's, scale. It's not, it's not hard because the law is still the law. Yeah. Um, basically, you, you send your works in mm-hmm. to the Library of Congress. Um, you get it copyrighted. You get your ISBN. You still have your ISBN mm. because they still need that to actually pull up the books. And then you're good to go. Okay. Yeah. And if someone steals it, then that's a lawsuit. So what kind of challenges have you uh, faced so far? Um, none current, but in the past, uh, the biggest challenge that I faced is I'm, I'm more of a traditionalist, mm. and I did not want to cross over into digital. Oh. I wanted to keep, <laughs> keep with the books, keep publishing the books, but then um, the cost went up. Yeah. Uh, production went down and this whole digital everything just sort of kind of took off and so um it's it's taken a while to to bring me over to the other side yeah but um global nation will be digital and it will also be quarterly print so i'll i'll get to you know double in both worlds yeah i need to introduce you to these guys from uh black facts um remind me about that after black what the organ um they're the number one uh, search site for uh, black history. Is black it like, Facts? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's called Black Facts. I've F- never heard of this site. I'm going to use this immediately. <laughs> yeah. Black Facts. Yeah, I know the developers. They've actually been around since like 1998. Yeah. Wow. Two, okay. guys, two black guys from MIT built it. Um, I'm going to look this up immediately. Please <laughs> carry on. We always, we always do that. Immediate research. Um, you know, Ayana, for everyone listening, Ayana is in uh, California. Are you in California right now? Yes, I'm um, actually on Coronado Island. I have no I have never heard of that place. Yes. No, that's where the <laughs> Marine Corps That base, sounds right? awesome, though, because it doesn't sound like a, a That's the Marine Corps base, isn't it? Say that again. Is that the Marine Corps base? Blackfacts.com. Here it is. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, I'm greeted by something about Andrew Young in Seattle, my other hometown. Mm. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I always have to ask why. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Ayana could be anywhere in the world or in the continental United States at any given time. Like, hey, I just talked <laughs> to you. Oh no, I'm no longer there. But I talked to you this morning. <laughs> you know, That's awesome. she's on a plane somewhere. Yeah, I remember one time. She was like, we had a meeting, and I was like, oh, I had a, she's like, no, I just had a, I had a, fl- did you fly to, like, France or Maine or something? I, I, she was just someplace where, she was no, dipping, son. She was, like, dipping, like, you're like, oh, Let's I'm going to go for a stroll, I'm going to go to a corner store, she gets on a plane and goes someplace. So, I hear, I, <laughs> Ayana, I hear that you're also um, a mother as well. Yes, I am. So, how is, yes. uh, I, this has, because I am also a father, and Shaman is a father, and we all are also mm-hmm. self-employed. Um, it is tremendously difficult, and I have a wife uh, to help me take care of my children, but it's, um, <laughs> it's tremendously difficult to balance everything. In fact, my kids are often with me as I'm working. At, um, like right now, I'm technically working on the podcast, and my kids are here. Um, how mm-hmm. is it? Are you, able to, are you able to travel and work and keep it all together, and are your kids with you, or are they grown? or how, how's, the, how's the life side to the, to the business? Hallelujah. They are grown now. Oh, uh, man. I have a 22-year-old, a 20-year-old, and a 19-year-old. Oh, wow. And so um, 
I keep them on a tracker, number one. You got to do that. Um, number two, we have a group chat where we all communicate. Oh, really? And then number three, yes, no matter what, I take their call. Yeah. And so um, it's it's still kind of challenging because it's, it's three different dynamics. Yeah. Um, my son is at UC Berkeley. My youngest is at Foothill College, and my oldest is taking a, a hiatus. But um, from day to day, they have some of the same types of issues. Um, they're just young adult issues, and so instead of, like, the bullies on the playground, they have the bullies in the workplace. So, you know, it, it gives me purpose, though, and I'm happy that we are still very close. We still have a very close relationship. And next to God, I'm like their, their number one confidant. So that makes it easy. Well, so I have I have mostly younger children. Is it when you have older children? Is it easier or harder than younger children? It's harder. Older children is harder. Yeah. Really? Um, I thought when they <laughs> bubble. I was looking devastated. I was, them. <laughs> <laughs> just devastated I, was them. I was I was like hoping like man, it's gonna get a little bit easier when they get older. But uh, you're saying no. No. Okay. It's worse. It's worth yeah, uh, Ayana, thought. you are killing this man right now. He has seven children right now. Literally, he exaggerated. <laughs> like he has seven children right now. I have seven children. I have five. Under he has seven. And um, <laughs> man, all right. From like five, I just me, several months to two. Why, why it's harder? It's, it's harder because when you're young, you can protect them from certain things. You can tell them to go to bed. You can set up, you know, parameters yeah. to protect them. But when they're older. You have to be careful not to drown out their individuality. Oh, man. But at the same time, <laughs> you don't want them going all the way far right or too far left. And oh, so it's, you, you're helping these young, confused adults maintain balance. Um, it's difficult for them when they have to leave home, leave mom, leave dad, um, leave that safety net. And so you're managing all of those emotions and then heartbreak and let down by friends. Oh, man. Um, Fs in college or issues with some type of process, and they're so used to you handling it. And so they're always calling you for something or about something. I'm going to share something with you, Ayana. Um, so you know how – so you, you your kids are all older, and you know how you mm-hmm. notice you notice how, you know – Every every person has like something crazy about them, right? Like everyone does. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got a fall. So you know how uh, young children fight a lot. So my young yeah. children fight a lot. Yeah. And um, <laughs> when they fight a lot, they have like little little uh, little sparks of crazy that manifest. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually dead serious. Where it's like, oh yeah, I know what you're like, talking about. Like you did what to her mirror? What did you, why did you break her mirror? With it? Like why would you like just like they have like little crazy things? And I all, I always wonder like. I really hope, like, when they get older, that crazy stuff subsides and it doesn't increase where they, they turn into, like, one of those crazy people because they, <laughs> no, because they have a, you know, they, they each have, like, this weird, these weird ways in which they uh, show aggression and negativity. And it's like, I just hope they don't, I hope that doesn't manifest more as they get older. Yeah. I was because I don't know what to do with that because sometimes it's like, 
No, I have daughters. So I have three uh, three older daughters. They fight a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have these ways about them where they just, they really like try to hurt each other's feelings as much as humanly possible. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I cut all the hair off your doll and I, I hung it on your bed so you'd see it when you walk in. Like, really crazy stuff. <laughs> like, like, why would you do that? Like, so it's like I, I just I, I just hope That's that kind mean. of no it's like mean Beautiful, and like but it's beautifully like, mean like you like, thought that through she thought no that no through. she like really thought it through, but it's like you, that's like kind of like lightly like you know lightly psychotic kind of like <laughs> <laughs> I like I just really hope that they don't like in increase this as they get older because I don't know what to do with it like right now I don't know what to do with it when they get older it's like man I really don't like you know anyway I just had to go off on that for a second and share that with you well I I will say. I call it the cray cray. The cray cray does subside, um, but it depends on individual maturity. And so, um, and it depends on how far they are apart. So the further they are apart in terms of distance, Mm. they tend to miss one another. Oh man, I need to separate And then it depends on how many messed up friends they have. And so, the more messed up friends of people that they come across, they tend to start to appreciate their siblings more. Mm. But um, <laughs> it's not a one-size-fits-all. That's the hardest thing about parenting. Yeah. Um, like my youngest, she was the most deviant. The solution was I had to homeschool her. I uh, had to. Wow. Be- because she was a sunshine, but she was like the female version of Dennis the Menace. <laughs> wow. And if I had left her into the public school system, they would have killed the little sunshine she had. Yeah. So that was really, really hard. But when you see this young lady, she's like 19 years old. She's a lead hostess. Um, she's doing the thing. She's earning probably 75% more money than someone her age. Nice. And um, she's, 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 she's independent business-wise. Now I'm learning she still needs mom. She still, you know, relies on that. But at the same time, that was the best decision I could make to deal with her, just to sort of kind of customize my parenting with her. Yeah. Mm. So you said that, and uh, the funny story is my oldest daughter is very similar. She's 11, right? And um, mm-hmm. she is, uh, she's like extremely, extremely smart. Like really, really, like she's always reading something, whether it's, you know, she'll, she'll read textbooks like she's crazy smart like that. But she has this other side where she's like mental and like, you know, she'll you know, she'll trip. She'll trip her younger sister down the stairs just to teach her a lesson and teach her not to do something. Right. But and then she's also turning into a young lady and she's like completely oblivious to boys and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we decided to keep her home this year because there's so many different factors. Like one of them is she's like really smart. The other one is she's kind of like, um, you know, I don't want her to have these kind of crazy fights with other school kids where they can sue me. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, and, you know, the boy factor, like she's she's tall and she's looking older than she is. And I just don't want to deal with any, you know, street ruffians. Your daughter's taller than I am, right? Yeah, she is. She's 11 and she's taller than you. No, but I don't want to deal with these wow. street these street ruffian teenagers who, who might think that she's like 15 or 16 and she's really like 11. Like, I can't, you know, I'll have to murder some other children. I don't want to do that. So, exactly. uh, so yeah, we decided to keep her home for very similar reasons. Like, I don't want to lose that, um, that you know, I'm that bright so creativity. I'm so lucky that my oldest daughter looks younger than she is. She looks is. young, yeah. She's, yeah she's, she's 19 and she looks 15. 
Yeah, you don't have to. Wow. You don't have to fend yeah. off uh, you know twenty-five-year-old dudes. You know, Amar. Actually, the older dudes, like I don't know if there's a whole R. Kelly gene going on. They're like, they're, <gasps> they're like, and then she's like, "Why are you liking it? Liking me? I know I look young. What's wrong with you?" <laughs> Luckily, well, she's but mean. She's actually nineteen, though. So yeah, she's like, actually nineteen, but she will like say, yeah, "You yeah. thought I was younger? Get your disgusting self out of my face." That's gross, bro. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but there are two guys that like her right now. That I. It's good that she's mean because that's a protected. Yeah, it's a protection. She anyway. like destroys oh, yeah. their self esteem before they get too close. So one of the other things we exactly. do here on uh, the Not Dumb podcast is we go on tangents. Um, <laughs> it's a very, <laughs> very frequent occurrence. Um, we go deep on the side issue. So let me ask you. Um, we also have a segment where we talk about our biggest successes and our biggest failures in businesses and what we've learned from those failures. Um, I'd like to ask you, what has been your biggest, should we start with success or failure? Let's go with failure first, because that's always fun. Let's go with failure. What's your biggest failure in business, and how much money did you, (laughs) I mean, you can can talk about failure in any way, it doesn't have to be money related, but in any way that you uh, want. Well, um, mine is, my biggest failure, to be honest with you, was um, leaving Silicon Valley. Oh, wow. To go to Texas. Okay. Because there's a huge good old boy network, and um, the the level of understanding by the small business owner is not the same. It wasn't at the same level that I was accustomed to, mm-hmm. and so I think I had to lower my prices, marginalize my services, oh, and basically try to meet them where their budget was but it was it, it seemed like it was a loss all the way around the board even if I had an introductory special usually the ones that paid the least money wanted the most mm-hmm. but had to yep. understand it mm-hmm. and so I left a lot of money on the table and making that move I mean physically moving that was okay but I should have kept base um, consulting in California and I, I, I should have continued to travel more to California to work with clients versus trying to um, integrate into that market. It was very difficult for, you know, social reasons, economic reasons, just all of the above. Um, if you don't play the game the way they want you to play the game, you can get blackballed. It was just very, very difficult. I didn't know that feeling. Then, um, <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, Ayanna, can, can you touch on that price stubborn. thing? Because <laughs> we both took the same pricing strategy class. But, um, you, we actually have touched on this a couple of times that when you try to underprice yourself, yeah, and you uh-huh. and the because pe- the people don't understand the value that you're bringing, and you end up working right. like a Hebrew slave, and you get nothing out of it. I mean, there's some people that you want to mentor and develop. I'm not including that. I'm talking about a r- straight up customer. Why do you think that happened? Was it? Did you think there was a challenge and you articulating your value or they not understanding the value or they were used to paying lower prices? Well, it's a cultural, it's, it's more cultural than anything. It's about um, where they place their value. And so, um, for instance, part of our publishing company, we publish art. Mm. Well, your wealthiest people, I lived across the street from someone who owns a lot of Burger Kings and convenience stores. But he did not have an appreciation for art. He said, I only have pictures of my family, or I might have a dead deer on the wall. It was more taxidermy. They didn't have the same appreciation, so it was sort of kind of difficult because you're working up against value. 
And so when you say marketing there, they think sales. So that whole holistic marketing model that I was used to operating under in Silicon Valley and actually providing a marketing plan. Yeah. It was like marketing plan. What? Can you do a flyer? <laughs> to them, that was marketing. And um, it was just difficult um, because it was, I was going through a culture shock, number one. Number two, um, I was just very, very stubborn. I think when you come out of an environment like Silicon Valley and you have your prices, it's difficult to sort of kind of come down from that high. So it took a while for me to come down from the high to um, articulate the value. Now, I still have my office in Bel Air, and what I've done is I've basically um, created some tangibles and modified the offering to fit the market. But it, it, it took a lot of give and take on both sides for me to actually get to that point. So I feel like um, I'm more successful in communicating that value now. When you say Bel Air, you mean Bel Air, Houston, Texas. So Bel Air, Houston, Texas, not Bel Air, California, right? Oh, yeah, Bel Air, Texas. <laughs> so I'm the, I'm the guy on the show that uh, doesn't have an MBA. Um, what is What are tangibles? You said you created tangibles. What is that? So basically, um, as a consultant, you know, you, you provide a service. Okay. And um, outside of that medium, the large size corporation, smaller businesses are just really, if, if you say, hey, I need a marketing plan and I'll tell you it's $7,500, that's terrifying to them. <laughs> so what I went and I created, created was a go to the market plan, which is what we call quick and dirty. But it's a quick and dirty way to stimulate income so that they can get to the level of talking about operations, sustainability, and then get to that marketing plan. Mm. And so um, a tangible is something that you can put in their hands, and they actually like it. They want that little document in your hand, and they feel like they've done something. And then you give them a little bit extra, a little a la carte, and um, you have a client. Mm. There's a lot of psychology in that. Yeah, I like the psychology in that. Yeah, that's Yorgos right there. It's so interesting hearing like another person that we went to school with Mm -hmm. because I could tell like from that statement we had a conversation about this in class. Mm -hmm. Like we had a discussion. It was a Yorgos our marketing instructor class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. she just like adapted that and took it and ran with it. I mean, that's pretty awesome. That sounds great. Did did you did you have any challenges because you're in the South and you're dealing with all these good old boys and you're a, uh, a strong black woman where they were thinking like right. oh most definitely and it wasn't just a good old boys it was black men oh yeah um other black women wow I mean, I'm not to toot my own horn but you know I'm, I'm a pretty good package and i actually know what i'm talking about and instead of being around people that were okay with celebrating it yeah it 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 was just too much. It was a lot that I never, ever imagined encountering. Mm. So it's just a battle on all sides. It was, it was, it was the good old boys, but you know, their issue is look, we have our network. We have our people. If you're not joining, then, you know, stay on your side. But most disappointingly was trying to work with my people in the South. Wow. That was so difficult because that value, and, and not just the value, the, the giving me the money. I, it, it seemed like it was an issue. Um, I had a client, I was charging him, I want to say $500 a month 
to do what I would charge someone $8,000 to do wow. a month. Wow. And I was doing it because he was military. He was working a full-time job. Um, I'm military. And so it was like, okay, you're a veteran. Let me help you get your company up and going. Hmm. But he had a serious problem with that $500. <laughs> and... Um, wow. He was like, oh, you're just trying to run up the bill. And I was like, OMG, he has no clue. He's like, do you know what my hourly rate is, dude? Wow. <laughs> that would be impossible for you to run up the bill. Now, I'm doing these menial tasks for you because I want to see you win. Yeah. But he just couldn't see that. The only thing that he saw was that he was parking out $500. And I was trying to educate him on how many hours you get of my time for $500. That's basically maybe four hours a week, if that. Yeah. And if I give you more, then You're it's a luxury. Money. Not, not something that I committed to. But that just did not translate. So I think that was probably one of my most disappointing experiences. Because um, he was almost there, but he was very anal about little things. And... Shaman, you could appreciate this. I, I really realized um, what PTSD can do to an individual mm. and um, the damage that it can do to, he was a former drill sergeant, to those individuals in communicating. Um, my last encounter with him, he was extremely rude. And I was just, thank God I was in a different state of mind mm -hmm. because I would have ate him alive. But I was just in a different state of mind. He caught me at the right time. And I, I just attribute that to, to the universe. So I've but it noticed, was just disappointing. Yeah, I've noticed that the um, the person had was dealing with PTSD because the, their, um, their business is their passion. Mm -hmm. They get a lot of emotions wrapped around them, um, probably myself included. They are, and sometimes they're very unhealthy. And they don't want... And it's entirely that emotional mindset that's in their way and it's hard right. for them to make that transition and if you get emotional misunderstanding or emotional issue or emotional psychological issue with a misunderstanding on price i call that wasting my time yeah you know well, you I, know what else or, or you could it, it, it could be a good mentorship opportunity but that's not a good client Right, yeah. but you know, it, it's bigger than that. It's sort of like the enlistee and the officer mindset. And so you have people who are from the school of hard knocks. Um, they run up against a brick wall, and then they call an educated scholar to help them. But they don't have respect for that scholar, and they still feel like they know what's best. And so it's, it's like, you're calling me, but you don't want to take my advice. So now you're wasting my time. Yeah. Because, it's, it's, again, it goes back to culture. It, it's, it's that same battle. And so now I refuse to lower my prices. Yep. If you can't afford me, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been there, too. I, I, I am also from the school of hard, hard knocks. And I know you just diss those guys, but whatever. It's cool. Um, <laughs> but I, I value uh, knowledge and information. And I always try to like Shaman is uh, he's very knowledgeable and has a lot of information. Um, and it takes a lot to. Um, oh, I should say thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, that's OK, bro. <laughs> um, uh, but it takes a lot because when you're when you're from the school of hard knocks, uh, all you have is your passion and emotion <laughs> to get through. 
but so, it's positive. No, but it's, it's positive. Po- so it's hard. But I'm saying it's hard to not be, because pa- sometimes that's your driving force. Like I know you, Shimon, or, or you, Ayana, you you have the the you you read a whole bunch of books and you have a whole bunch of theories and you know what's going on because you have all this proven, tested knowledge to go off of. Uh, people like me, we just go just go out and try to make it work because you got to feed our kids. <laughs> so it's a little it's a little more like we're just trying to like we're hanging on by the skin of our teeth kind of thing. Whereas you guys are going with proven methodical tactics, you know. And it's You're a little right. so so it's kind of hard. But I've learned to turn down that emotion and just sometimes things work and sometimes they don't, and that's just what it is. And if there's somebody who knows more than you, try to work with that guy as much as you possibly can because. I think you know, the, that's gonna it's gonna pull you through the, most times. So the right. people with hard knocks, right? They have experience, and they're. I think sometimes they're either undervaluing or overvaluing that experience. But there, there's something. All is that we've been taught a way of looking at what they're what they're trying to do. I'm on my mic sideways. Sorry, I must have hit my uh, mic cover. Um, so let's say we, that marketing person mm. and. We, a little bit earlier, we we're talking about the difference between a marketing plan and a flyer. Yeah, a flyer is part of marketing; it's promotion, but it has to have something with it. If you just put a flyer like, "Hey, I'm going to be out on Tuesday," it doesn't make any sense yeah. to anybody, right? Um, but you're like a, when you're on the train. If you've seen those uh, Bernie and Phils, which is a furniture company here, it's a and they have those engaging. Uh, yeah, and yeah. you're like, what? But they've been engaging with people for so many years yeah. that that. Um, off-color joke about a nightstand or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just mainly to for you to remember for me you to talk about Bernie Phil's exactly, right, right, right now. Exactly. And then I, I know effective already know, marketing. Effective marketing. Yeah. And, but I already know that they're having other messaging that's going on. They have a holistic plan. Exactly. Um, right. And it's it's the top of the mind marketing like Coca Cola or Walmart. Do they really need to advertise? No. It's the top of the mind to remind you. Hey, we are here. We're still here. Exactly. Just to keep that image and that brand in your head. And a lot of people, like I make it clear, I do holistic marketing. I do not like piecemeal marketing because I can do everything I need to do for you. But if you answer the phone improperly, if you don't answer the phone, if you run out of product, if when that customer comes through that door, your delivery is horrible, your product is horrible, your food is horrible, they are not coming back. And yep. It has nothing to do with what I did. Brilliant. Brilliant. And so, you know, there's a fine line, and that's nonprofit, for profit, government. It does not matter. They keep going around in a circle. It's like a loop because mm-hmm. they don't get that. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Ayana, what has been your uh, greatest success so far? <laughs> no. This is this has I guess it does have something to do with business, but it's been you know raising three wonderful um, young adults and business entrepreneurs. And so when um, I was a consultant before I got the MBA, mm-hmm. and I wanted the MBA to bring everything um, together because there were some things that I had to teach myself or some things that. I just didn't get, and so that MBA just basically have helped to solidify everything else and just bring a more value to it. But when I was getting the MBA and I had a choice of becoming an expat, I was like, hmm. In my spirit, I knew that degree was mostly for my three young adults. 
And so getting them through high school, helping my son um, get into a prominent school, um, getting my oldest into a prominent school, and just my little mini-me, my youngest, she's like one of the board members, and she does not play. She's a fierce businesswoman. Nice. And she's actually helped me to shape my billing practices, and she's only 19. Nice. And so um, I feel like just getting them where they needed to be at so that I can now be in a position to basically spread my wings and position myself um, has been the biggest accomplishment. Like, I've been at this since 1996, hmm. when my, well, oh, 1995, wow. when my oldest was still in the womb. Hmm. And so um, this is just right now, this is a manifestation of 22 years of work. Everything is a manifestation. Wow. Nothing is brand new. That's wow. dedication. That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ayana. This has been an informative conversation, and I, I, deep, <laughs> I deeply enjoyed talking with you. Especially, yeah, uh, thank you guys. Thank listening you guys. to listening to me going on about my children's issues. Uh, so it's nice to know that um, even though it's going to get harder, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You said all three of them are have an entrepreneurial spirit. Yes, they do. And actually, nice. my son is a member of the city council. Oh wow! In Berkeley, and he's only twenty. That's impressive. And um, I'll say this: each child is different. Hmm. Your job is to help them to strengthen their strengths, bring out what's hiding that you see as a parent is there, yeah. and then don't let up. And so with my son, him being in a majority, um, like, Caucasian school, he didn't have a voice. He had a voice at home. But when he was at school, he would never speak up. He would just let people do whatever, oh, wow. um, say whatever, and put him in any type of box they wanted to put him in. And I was just having all types of just heart attacks at home. I was I was oh, losing it. And then he wanted me to be quiet. He he silenced me in public. And so mm. I never gave up. And every college essay that he wrote, I made sure he talked about finding that voice, finding the voice, finding the voice, finding the voice. And we were in Berkeley last week and I was at a meeting with him. And I will tell you, he found his voice. I had to tell him to dial it down. And so, <laughs> I, I felt some of my southern influence entering the room because I was like, son, bring it down a bit. And I had another engagement, and I was like, you know what? I sent my daughter a text. I said, I cannot leave your brother because he's basically found his voice so much. I don't want this to escalate to another level. But hmm. just stick with them with whatever it is and help them to overcome it and then you can basically um relax so my deviant she's she's no longer that deviant <laughs> he has his voice um my oldest she used to be bullied she doesn't take stuff off of anyone and nice. she doesn't even allow me to censor her so i can't even be connected to her on facebook because she says what she has to say but i'm confident because they are three separate individuals um being who god made them to be and so it's hard, but take time with each child. There's no one size fits all. Don't do that. Don't, don't do the military thing. You have to take time with each child, and you have to customize your parenting. Yes, ma'am. Hmm. Ayana, it has been a pleasure and a privilege. 
Thank you for joining us today. Okay. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Oh. Anytime. And oh. you're welcome here anytime in the studio. If you're ever in Boston, come join us on the podcast. We'll eat some steaks. Okay. Well, I will be <laughs> in Boston the first week in November. Come oh, through. Here. Oh, that's right around the corner. Sunday yes, night, yes, 830. Yes. Uh, yes, come yes. on by. Come on by. All right. Thanks, Anna. Thank you. That was Ayanna Robert. Uh, we thank her for joining us. Um, yeah, she, that was. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Yeah. I like to talk with people with older kids uh, because sometimes I feel like things are hopeless. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's nice to know that um, you know she's able to get through it. And they're all like you know functional. Adults. I saw her kids when they were younger, so oh, yeah. I knew them. it's good to hear them growing up. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty I, interesting. I seriously worry, man, because they really do do crazy things. But I, I just they want them do. to be like normal people and not be crazy because the. Oh man, that's what kids. That's what kids do. I mean, someone's no, not like this, bro. Like you, <laughs> look, you got normal my, kids, my, bro. My, my 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 brother and I used to fight with uh, the largest knives in the house. Like we were <laughs> with knives, knives, <laughs> bah, bah, bah. and blocking it. Like learning for uh, the little martial arts moves. Are I would take the broom. My mom's like, "Why do I keep going through the brooms? Why do these brooms keep breaking and mops?" And I was like. Um, because we have to really sharpen the knives after we have our broom knife fight. <laughs> no, but you guys didn't actually really hurt it. Did you stab each other? No, we hit the hell out of each other with brooms, though. I mean, you had to dodge it. You know, we so, were like learning our moves. Takuma, the guy you met here last week. Yeah, that's that's that was basically my older brother, right? So we used to fight all the time, but not like it was more like uh, wrestling. Hard ass wrestling where we tried to like you know really hurt each other. Yeah, but not like we didn't try to like hurt each other's feelings and make them feel bad about each other. But like, girls hurt each other's feelings. Boys beat the hell out of each other. Generally speaking, it's just I guess so. I mean, when you look when you say it like that, you are cor- I, technically correct. Um, then because my oldest daughter is a was a tomboy ish, so she would hurt your feelings and kick your butt. It's pretty interesting. It's just disturbing, bro. Like they do disturbing things to each other, and it's like, <laughs> oh god, I hope I really, man, I just. Dude, they're, they're I all, hope they're. See, so your kids like, are all close in proximity of age too. Yeah, they're about two years apart each. Each, so. yeah. So I got like, Terry's five years older than Amari. Yeah. She's she's two year old. She, junior, uh, Seamus McDuffie, the third Esquire, yeah, right? That's about right. Shay Dubs, right? Shay Dubs. Uh, Shay Dubs and his older sister are two years apart, and they're like. They're at it, but you no one can mess with them. They mm. will tear whomever else. Like they have their own secret. Like they are allowed to borrow. They take money from each other without talking. But as long as it's not like under three dollars and seventy five cents or something like that, mm. and then they just without talking, they just take each other's money. But if it's over whatever dollar amount that, to the cent that they've agreed silently, they ask each other. You know, my ten year old, she is very. Cool and tight with her older sister, but they're what that's nine a, years apart. Yeah, that's a distance, bro. So they have their own dynamic relationship, and mm. brother now I have the eighteen month old, and yeah, your kids are far apart, man. Yes, yeah, after the yeah, you got a t- how old is the oldest? Twenty one, twenty four, twenty four. You got a twenty four year old and an eighteen month old. Yes, man, that's serious. Well, anyway, um, yeah, I learned. Uh, I, I like to hear about other success, and she's a, she's a strong black woman doing her thing, mm-hmm. and uh, and she's running herself. I've we've also dealt with our own um, pricing issues and dealing with clients who think you're too much and not realizing you're the cheapest guy in town. 
and not realize what, yeah, they're, so what they're getting for actually what they're doing. I if mean, your pricing is within market rate, like other people have yeah. s- who are doing comparable services yeah. are, that's your pricing? I actually told Shaman uh, about a, a job I lost because I, I bid too low, apparently. So, like, there was a job, uh, there was a painting job, and it was probably a five or $6,000 job, so I bid it I and I bid it at like six thousand or something like that, and then a guy who beat me, he was like eight or nine thousand, and there's no way he does a better job than my guys because my guys are amazing, and um, we just lost that simply because they thought the price was too low on their end and they thought they were getting a better job with the guy who was more expensive, which yeah. wasn't the case. So that was a lesson learned on bidding too low. You can actually lose from, you know, you, you really got to just come in right. You just got to come in right and really yeah. tune into what your client wants. It's the wants. price is right. You know, you're but, um, too yeah. low. You're not going to get the bid. You got to, and don't always bid a dollar because no. that pisses everybody off. It absolutely does. So, um, but anyway, that was our podcast. We're at an hour and 35, believe it or not. No, that's not bad. There, we're about 20 minutes of a uh, filler, probably. A jibber jabber and dogs yeah. barking. Yeah, exactly. So, we're going to do a lot of editing on this one. It's going to be editing intensive. But, um, she wasn't actually the first female guest. It was your daughter who was the first female guest. Yes, yes. I and she was our first that. call in, but this was the most. Where the we were not holding a telephone to the mic. Yeah, that wasn't. I don't know. That I guess that technically was a call in, but that wasn't a proper call in. Yeah. Um, so we got a proper we, we, call. We, we learned some stuff from with that. our high tech technology that we have now. Yeah. Um, so anyway, thanks for joining us. Episode what? two zero episode 20, twenty uh with Ayana Robert and um we'll be having what do you think the title of this is going to be i have no idea yet my brain is i haven't slept in a while oh you gotta get some sleep, man. <laughs> i hope i i have to listen to this because I, I really don't know how i sounded when i was talking to her i hope i was like together because i know you sounded like a um a journalist you know I you're asking so. good questions yeah i hope so I, I need to take a vacation bro i really do because i'm losing it i gotta i gotta take like two weeks and just bounce and eat and pray and sleep what um are you? Oh no, that's not for a little while. You thought about doing an Umrah? Uh, next year I want to. What you gonna wait till next year? I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna do it this year. No, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm trying to do it next year because you said it was like uh, four, what? four, five, four thousand a piece or something. Like no, no, not Umrah as much. I mean, you can do Umrah for like eighteen hundred. Yeah, I, I want mean, me and you, my I wife mean, you to could, go. You want you and your wife to go? Yeah, yeah. yeah that'd be like uh, three. Well, talk to um Ray Collett's uh no. mother. Who? Yasin. You know your scene, your scene in Burundi. Uh, Moroccan dude. Yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, his mom has a has her own business, and she has different pricing. So that's who I went with to Hodge. I'm a holler at him, but I'm a um, I got a I got a I know a, a person in um, Baltimore. I think her dad does it. Yeah, I, I mean, you wanna? I, I went with them, so they still have the scholars and the. I mean, I was mm. in the pilgrim spot. I was in the the the. the did you do or Hodge? I did both. I did them together. Okay. Um, and then I took the trip to Mecca. How long was you there, man? I was there for almost a month. Oh, man. man it cost me... Yeah, you think you said like 10 stacks, bro? No, I spent 10 stacks total, but the to go is like 6.5 or something like that. But that was hotel. I didn't, I didn't come out of pocket to really eat except for when I was like out and about. Breakfast, lunch, dinner recovered. Man. Um... Did I know tr- you when you went? When did you go? 14. 
I was with your sister. Oh, man, dude. I got to. So I had to go because I was about to lose my mind. I got to do, do that, bro. But I, I, if I go, I got to bring my wife. I can't. But we can't leave the kids anywhere for like, you know, a freaking month or two weeks. I mean, I got to No, I mean, if you do Umrah, Umrah, I mean, you can do Umrah in one day. You, you're just down there yeah, for the rest. Yeah, but I don't want to go nowhere for like three days. That's week no bro. no i'm saying like, i want to go i want to go for like, like a week and a half or two the, weeks the umrah itself you can do in one day no i know but i'm saying i don't like i don't like doing like overseas trips that are like a no, few you, days like i want to go and like relax and take my time and see everything and go around i would say do the umrah for like a, that three days and then go take the take the get a car or fly over and go to dubai or someplace else inshallah we're gonna do it next year Inshallah, Inshallah. We're do it. All right, well, that's our podcast episode number twenty, the Not Dumb Podcast. Thanks for joining us, TNDP Squad. Oh, and we didn't announce my nickname. Oh, Shamad's he- nickname. Check it out, son. Dramatic pause. <laughs> business, son. Business, business, son. No, but not business, son. I'm just saying, son. But I'm gonna call him Biz for short. I'm like, hey, Biz. Dope, Nobody son. beats the biz. I could get an intro with a biz marquee. Nobody beats the biz. There you go. So Shaman is now biz. He is not. He, I guess he could be plugged too if he wants to. But uh, I think biz is gonna is gonna stick. So we got uh, Iron Man Abdullah. We got biz Shaman Warden here signing out. One. One. All right. So I figure out. I have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to shave it like every other day. Hmm. My with these my hair start growing back. Every other sign, they're, they're just my little blonde hairs. Mm. They're getting infected or they're growing in my skin. It's, it's annoying shit. What are you washing your face with? Uh, I wash my face with Dove from Man. I use Maisha stuff. But oh. it's not that. I've, I've switched back and forth. It's if I let my little straggly hairs grow, yeah. it breaks out. When I oh, shave yeah. right away, yeah. it's good for a few days. But then as it starts to grow in, I start to break out. And it gets itchy, and sometimes it's not the long hairs; it's the short little blonde ones. You gotta pull them out though, like the ones that are coming, like they're because they're sticking in your skin, right? Yeah. So you gotta get some tweezers and pull them. I, I've done that if they're long enough, but the little the little blonde ones, you know, that just yeah, yeah, coat yeah. your skin, yeah. they don't grow that long. Yeah, yeah. Those are the ones that are giving me the most problems. All that, and if I don't get it out, or if the pus don't come out, mm. it just gets inflamed and it just itches, and I keep messing. I got antibiotics and everything for it, but no, I don't, you probably don't need all those any. But I think you just gotta like wherever it is, mm-hmm. make sure it's you even if it's not all the way out. Because I I deal with this when I let my hair grow out too. Like it, it like it gets on my neck real bad, so I have to like free it up. It might not even be all the way out, but free it up so the so I use peppermint soap and shape uh, peppermint soap and. Um, Black soap mixed it. You know what black soap is? Yeah, yeah, I've used black soap before. So I use mixed together peppermint soap and black soap. Because black soap too much is too much for my skin. It needs a residue. Hmm. Black. I used to use black soap back in the day, and then we were using it for the baby. Black soap needs a little bit of residue. Nah, this one does because I mix the peppermint soap with it. The peppermint soap strips. Okay. So if you like wash your hair with it, your hair will feel like rubber. Like it'll be really it strips it. So oh, wow. so when you mix that two together, it gets a good mix in it. It, it cleans it cleans away good and then that peppermint soap kills all the bacteria in there and it opens your pores it opens your pores up and then um, and then I put I don't know if you can or not but I put um, it's, it's, it's like a mixture of uh, shea butter uh, a little bit of coconut oil you mean the one your wife makes? yeah exactly and I put that because I can't put oil on my face but that 
That's yeah. I don't break out.